Hey, it's the Talking Single Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast features four women in London who like to talk about everything. Yes, we talk about relationships, careers, well-being, dating. And Idris. Guys, we said we're not talking about Idris this season. I'm tired of talking about Idris because every time I bring him up, you guys always, always shut me down. So no Idris this season. Just the essence of Idris, the love. Oh my God. (laughs) No Idris. I'm I'm grown past Idris. I've evolved. Okay, okay. We won't talk about Idris. We will talk about love, life and everything in between. That's right. We talk about all things that single women like to talk about. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Talking Single Podcast a podcast where we talk about life, love, and everything in between. My name is Crystal, and I am your host today. And with me are my friends and fellow co-hosts, Ribby, Keisha, and Bashida. Hello, ladies. How are you? Hey. Hello. Hello. We're your friends and co-hosts. I like that. (laughs) Hey, Ribby. Hello. I'm looking, I'm looking at Ruby. I'm really oh, looking at her. Dear. How was vacation, Ruby? It was really good. It was so good. I did not want to come back. It was that Ooh. good. Oh, mm-hmm. nice, nice, nice. Hey, there goes gravity. When are we seeing pictures is my first question. Ruby. I have posted all the pictures I'm posting. I heard you guys last Ooh. week. Don't think I didn't hear you. I heard oh, you. Feet. My feet. Feet and cocktails. There was one picture of me lounging at the pool. All you people chose to see was feet. I didn't see that. There were so many pictures of how lovely the area was, the views. We don't care about the area. We don't care about the views. We want to see your holiday fashion. (laughs) Oh, that is easy. I won't... um, no, I wanted to see pictures. Oh, did you? Oh, did you now? Yes, I don't. (laughs) How many bikini? How many bikinis did you take with you to turn Bay's head? I think his head is already turned. I took two. (laughs) But you need to keep it turning, you know. Yeah, no, I took. Is it bikini or bikini? No, it's bikini. Which one is bikini? Uh, you don't know bikini. I I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Bikini, bikini. Anyway, let's let's let's, let's, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) Let's let Ruby off because I think she's going red. So what's up, ladies? What have you been up to? Anything interesting happening in your lives? I have oh, one interesting has thing. something to report. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So remember when I said I was open to love and blah, 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 a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the summary is I joined Bumble again. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. So talking, yeah, I know. So I've been talking to men on Bumble. And there's one particular one who seemed really nice, and we moved over to WhatsApp. But I think it was a mistake. I'm about to block him on WhatsApp. He's oh. nice. He's very nice. As in, And I think he would have been a good person to actually go on a date with. But my week this week was busy, so I had no time to go on a date with him. I think we've planned a date for next Tuesday, but I'm not sure if I'm going to make it till Tuesday. Because, hear me out, before you eat me, Mm-hmm. He says stuff like, hi, princess. Hello, oh. babes. Okay, oh, you hate that, okay darling. I hate it so much. Okay, no, I hate it. 
Oh, every se- every sentence doesn't have to have hon or princess or darling or sweetie. And it just makes me want to vomit. Wow. Yeah. And for this reason, you don't want to go on a date with him. I find it, I find, I don't know why. I just really hate that, those terms of endearment. Why do you just tell him much. to... Yeah. You're talking to him already, right? Or you're just texting? No, I'm to- yeah, I'm talking to him. Then, oh, crap, I forgot. So I think also he kind of polices me. Oh, where are you? What have you done? What are you eating? Okay, where yeah, that's... that's nah, 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 nah. Said, every question, he's very... I don't know you like that, dude. Don't... I don't know. But, so wait, you, hand, you migrated over to WhatsApp or you're still WhatsApp, on? Yeah, we migrated over to WhatsApp. Have you met each other face-to-face yet? No, we're meeting next week, Tuesday. Okay. Oh, I think yes, until so that was then, and until then, you need to be aware that this is probably the first time in a while that you've met someone new. So therefore, you need to give them every possible chance. And unless anything he's doing is a deal breaker, meet the guy first and see I guess, what kind yeah, of heart I think, he has. I will try to. I will because we swap moved over on Tuesday. This was meant to be brief. Gosh. Anyway. Moved over on Tuesday, and he was like, "Oh, let's meet on Thursday." But I'm like, "I've got stuff Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday." And the response was, "Well, if you're gonna date me, you have to make time for me. We have and to have fair time." Point. Fair I point. get no. Yes, because the other way around. But wait, 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 wait. Let me just say this. No, if it was the other way around, what would you think? If you say, okay, I, let's meet up, and then he's like, I'm busy Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I can only meet up on Monday. I mean, you probably wouldn't say, if, you've, if you want to date me, you need to make time for me. But you would think it. I'm with yeah. you. I think well, you should no, give it till Tuesday. No. I will give it to, I will try to give it till Tuesday. But the thing is, I met you on Tuesday, or we started talking on Tuesday. You want to meet up in two days. It's yes. logical. Wait, 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 wait. It's logical that I would have made plans for other things that week. And unfortunately, it happened to be a week I was very busy. You shouldn't go into a semi-half because I can't meet you the day you want to meet. Was, was this a text? To get no, it was a tele- no, 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 it was a telephone call. Was he joking or was he serious? I think he was serious because he said it. If, if, I think that even if he was serious, if I'm on a dating app and I'm being intentional, the people I, I see every day, someone new, I either make time for him or I don't. It's me that's looking to get something out of it. So I wouldn't tell him that I'm busy. I'll say, unfortunately, it, sometimes it's language. I mean, you, you, if you're telling somebody that I don't have time for you, it's, it's no, not. No, it's not. I didn't. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I didn't say I don't have time. I'm like, well, Wednesday, I'm meeting someone for birthday drinks no Wednesday was my former colleagues Thursday was birthday drink Friday Northampton and I was out of London so I come back on Monday and I said Tuesday so it's not like I just said I was busy I even gave him my whole itinerary so it wasn't like stuff that can be moved but I just did not particularly love that which is um, fine I think take take it take it on board and use your time to catch when you see him to validate or refute your instinct Mm. and make Somewhere it like a coffee like, make it like a coffee yeah. don't make oh, it like yes, a... it's definitely it's definitely coffee yeah. far that's away what from it is for, for what for all you know home. your instincts could be right for other reasons i think my instincts are right i will not even lie but uh, for other reasons but this was meant to be a brief 
thing because I really don't want this to become Rashida's um, bomb experience. Then also another thing I've decided is once I see any, I'm sorry, Nigerian man, you just swipe left. Also, oh, is, half- is, is this a white knight? No, no, no. He's half Cuban, half Jamaican. Okay. Well, I could have told you that already. That just swipe when you see Niger. Just swipe. I, I could have told you that. We <laughs> told you that before. Save you all the tra- trouble, oh, Awala. Because we know guy. the issues that they have. I would have told you that. that was a guy. Oh, wow. You should do right, Sorry. Be, um... Okay. That's enough. That's enough. Be um, right I now. Think, I think. Um, I think Crystal is going to beat us up because this was meant to be, oh, what happened this week? And um, um, Rashida has taken... And I wanted to tell you something that happened, but I will save it oh, for the next us, podcast. No, 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 I'll save it for the ne- next podcast. Okay. Crystal. But Rashida is not in the, uh, the next podcast. If you can oh, no, yes, brief. I'm in Paris. I'll keep it really, really, really brief. Okay, so I was at um, Nando's yesterday with a friend and there was a couple that came to the next table the girl was really well dressed up the guy was casual and they had obviously haven't seen each other in a long time and it was kind of we thought it was like a date or whatever because the way she was like oh i haven't seen you in a long time blah 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 blah. they ordered got drinks and they were chatting and she was asking him so how have you been what's up with life and everything and they were chatting and you could see with her body language that she was really giving all the signals that she was really into the guy but he was a bit cool about it and then as they were talking, he now said, oh, I have got some amazing news to tell you. And she's like, what? He goes, oh, I've got a girlfriend. Oh. And her body language changed, but the guy did not pick this up yeah. at all. Yeah. And then she, he started telling her how he met this girl and how amazing she is. And I need to tell you the story about the, how he met the girl another time, because I think that's an interesting topic. Basically, they met. Well, how did you get all this? I was sitting right friend. beside them. We were sitting right beside them. And so our you and your friends stopped talking. We stopped talking listen. so we could listen. Anyway. So anyway, um, he told her all about it. And she was like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. But her whole demeanor had calmed down a lot. Anyway, as he was now like, oh, he needs to go to the to the restroom. So he goes and the girl was like fucking hell like she was talking to herself like what the fuck you know and this guy has been chatting to me and all of that and now he's come to tell me this 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 we were by the side I couldn't help myself I said I'm really sorry Mm. you know but I couldn't help but listen to everything she's a black sister you know and Mm. he's a Niger boy Mm. Mm. I had to say I'm really really sorry I I just overheard everything like I can see you're really upset you actually don't have to stay and do listen to all of this and she's like no you don't understand we've been chatting and texting and all of that for months We've been friends for a long time and I actually thought that stuff was, today was the day where we know things can progress and he's not telling me this shit. And I'm like, my, and my friend was like, look, you don't have to sit here for this. You can say, you know, really lovely. I have to go and move. Why are you sitting down here taking all of his story? Meanwhile, he obviously knows you like him. Yeah, he would know. He, he, he knows. He would know. He, he knows. knows. He's basking in her attention. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, after that, we, we had to leave. I would have loved to see what she did, but she was like, yeah, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to leave, I'm going to move on, but man, man, man. I was like, wow. Some guys are just... Anyway, it was a very... 
<laughs> Strikes again. Story is Yoruba demons spotted in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> but can I just just to say, and I know we don't want to hear this, but just to say on the flip side of things is that from the guys me I know, especially the Nigerian ones, if they have not opened their mouth to claim you, they are yeah. just hanging around to see if they can sleep with you or or, or it's happy to have a female friend. Not just they, not just Nigerian guys. All guys, exactly. So if she if he has not claimed you, she had no, she shouldn't have raised her hopes. She should yep. have said it very early, so she didn't have to face this drama. She, she didn't have to. But yeah, she, she yeah. Still not a nice experience. I wouldn't wish very that on anybody. Yeah. Wouldn't. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm gonna quickly give you an update. I am also on Bumble. Ooh! All I of you also, that I feel left behind. I also have a date next Tuesday. Ooh. Um, and I'm just gonna keep it short, but and I also have another person I'm chatting with that I am enjoying the chat. So mm. and I saw a married, I saw a married man on Bumble. He liked me. I swipe left. I'm like, you I, I maybe I should have swiped right and be like, what the fuck are you doing on here? And oh, I know fuck? him. Yeah, I know him. And why the fuck? And that wasn't even his real name. <laughs> it wasn't his real name. Oh, no. oh, are you yeah. he has kids? He has kids, like grown kids. He didn't put that on there. He didn't put anything on there. And I was just like, what the fuck? I sent it to Rashid. I was like, look who I found on board. But then you don't know what's going through their marriage for him to think he can... No, no. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm not I saying it matters. No, no, no. I know public. this person. I know this person. So, no. Anyway, um, yeah. So, you should have swiped and told him. Yeah, I would have told him. Dude. But he's not going to say anything. He'll just be like... Ugh. But yeah, ladies, be careful. Mm-hmm. The men out there. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And then the men on Bumble, oh my God. Let's not even go there. Next next week. Next week? Woo! Next week. We're going to have stories. This is going to be like a going series. Like, what did you do last Well, week? no, I'm not here next week. I'm off to Paris. Well, sorry, week. you're going to have to miss out. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on the, on the trial Paris. of because you're gonna miss out a lot because next week I have a bay update. Ooh. Oh, uh, don't worry, I'll be eating croissants <laughs> under the Eiffel Tower to drown my sorrows. <laughs> no, you'll be living your best life. Live your best anyway. life. Anyway, so well, yes, yes. Um, anyways, I said anyways. I know, don't make this like rapid fire. Today, <laughs> I'm sorry. Today we're talking about um, diet culture and a trigger warning for anyone who is affected by diet culture. So today we'll be talking about diet culture and eating disorders. So please um, be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to acknowledge that this topic is so big and so wide. I can't even begin to cover all the intricacies in there um but um i'll be splitting it into two parts so this week i'll be talking about diet culture fat phobia and body image and then next week i'll be talking about body positivity and we'll have a guest joining us clarissa from the beauty unlocked podcast so i am gonna dive in very quickly what is uh, diet culture so diet culture refers to a rigid set of expectations about valuing thinness 
and attractiveness over physical health and emotional well-being. Diet culture often emphasizes good food versus bad food. It focuses on calorie restriction and normalizes self-deprecating talk like nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, which I think was a quote by Kate Moss. And I remember she got a lot of backlash about it. And I have actually used this quote before. And I remember my Scottish colleague at the time looking at me in shock, horror. <laughs> I was on a diet at the time. And, I and she was like, oh my God, what are you eating? And I was like, you know that quote by Kate Moss? Yeah, and she looked at me, she was like, oh my God. But anyways, diet culture um, doesn't just mean being on a diet because um, you don't have to follow any sort of official diet to be caught up in the culture of dieting. There are even certain people who say they are just being healthy, but actually they are dieting. Um, and I have a bit of a confession to make. And this is the reason why I chose to talk about this topic, because diet culture, I know I have been heavily and continue to be heavily influenced by diet culture. Name any diet. I have probably done it or a form of it from calorie counting. diet? sorry <laughs> the seafood diet from calorie counting to keto to intermittent fasting i have been there can you say what a diet is because when you say everyone's had a diet what would you define the diet to be because i think eating healthily okay yeah go ahead it's restricting yourself because sometimes people say i'm eating healthily but all they're doing is eating salads and they're saying oh this group this food is good and that food is bad even though they're saying I'm eating healthily. So they're, they're restricting certain foods from their diet. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it I'm does. not an expert, so. <laughs> no, it makes sense. So, makes sense. Yeah. So I have used the diet teas, the appetite suppressants, the pills, everything. Waist strainers that dig into your skin. Hmm. And I really wish that I could tell you that I don't diet anymore and diet culture doesn't affect me. I'm more aware of it and I have changed to a certain extent, but I have to confess that I battle a lot with diet culture. And a lot of people um, have that same experience where although they're aware, they still battle with it on and off and they're always feeling... Um, a certain way about their diets but um one thing is that there will always be a standard and I know that I will never achieve that and I love the quote loving yourself is an act of defiance so yes. I am trying to love myself to be defiant to diet culture um one of the things we need to know is that um it's been there's been a study done and apparently 98 percent of diet fail fail Diet culture sets, up, sets us up to feel bad about ourselves and judge other people while suggesting that losing weight will actually help you feel better. So um, my question to you ladies, I have given you my confession. Um, what has your experience with diet culture been and how has it influenced your relationship with food and your body image? And I'll go to Ruby first. So this is a quite an interesting one. Um, so I think it's when I hit my early 30s that I really started to be conscious of 
weight gain. Um, and mine was combined with stress at work, um, relationship stress, and I just put on the pounds and I didn't realize until one day I saw a picture of myself and I said, that cannot be me. Mm. So my experience of it has always been linked to health and stress. And so for me, it was really about, it wasn't about how I saw myself. It was more about how I felt about how healthy I was. And in my head, weight gain had always been linked to ill health, hmm. always. Um, and, and so for me, it was like, I, I definitely needed to change my diet fundamentally. So you would do those really, I think they called, the, what did they call it? Was it the liquid diet um, was what I did. Um, it didn't, it didn't really help much. I think there, it, it really didn't help. I just had these horrible mood swings um, and my skin broke out. It was, I think there's about two years of horrible. And I just really hated myself, hated my body, hated my tummy, hated my thighs, just hated everything. Um, and then I shifted to, and I think I was talking to a personal trainer. Um, and that was actually what opened my eyes to, it's not about losing weight it's about changing your lifestyle mm. if that is what you want to do for to be to not have the stress to not have the acne to not you know so that was what for me the journey I went on so I shifted more to a balanced diet better balanced diet less greasy food and all of these things and starting to work out or finding activities that would make me much more active um, and I still I still swing up and down I just came back from a holiday and I, I could feel like some clothes were a bit tighter than they normally were. And normally what I would have done if that was the case is immediately I would get on the fat. What do they call these pills that absorb fat? I would get on one of those. I would go quite intensively into the gym, no carbs after seven and all these kinds of things. But I'm just like, you know what? I can't even like, I can't, I look good. I feel good. I just need to kind of make sure it's a bit more balanced and get back into that healthy lifestyle, but it's taken a good while for me to move from doing kind of radical things to my body mm -hmm. to doing much more balanced things and to disassociate weight gain with ill health. Hmm. And I'm still working on that disassociation because I still feel like, the two are connected, but actually it's not necessarily the case. Yeah, exactly. That's, still that's a work. what I was going to say. So no, it's, still a, it's still a work in progress is all I was going to say, but I feel much happier with how I look and how I feel. Um, but I, I won't lie, it's still, it's still something I am conscious of and, and trying to feel much happier about. I can tell you right now today, I'm not actually happy with how I, how I feel and how I look but I'm trying not to kind of do radical things because I still look okay. I still look fine. You know, I still look good. Uh, and, and I'm telling myself that. Yeah. Um, Rashida. Okay. So for me, I think my first introduction to diet or anything was, I think it was in uni because I was, unhappy when I was in uni in fact I was depressed but I didn't realize I was depressed but for whatever reason 
the depression or the unhappiness caused me to skip meals. And as I was skipping meals, I became skinnier. But what happened then was as I, was, as I became skinnier, I started getting compliments. You're so beautiful. You're so skinny. Your belly is so flat. You're so this. I then realized, oh, wow, I am skinny. And as I became happier or I came out of this unhappy episode, I realized, oh, crap, I'm putting on weight. I was a size six at the time. And I was like, I don't want to get to a size eight. Size 10 was like hell or what I thought was hell. And I then realized I had to keep skipping meals to keep my size six. Eventually, when I went up to a size eight, I remember thinking, what the hell? I need to make sure I remain a size eight. And I skipped so many meals or just drank lots and lots and lots and lots of water. I wasn't exercising then because I'm not exercising now anyway because I'm lazy, but I realized it was easier to skip meals and starve myself. But as I've grown older now, I'm just like, man, I love food and I'll just keep eating. If the belly's going to hang out, then so be it. But yeah, so like yesterday, as I was, I told you guys, I went to my friend's wedding. He's Indian, and Indian clothes. You wear crop tops and skirt. And initially, I was very, very conscious because, of course, my belly is like. Think about Thor when he became fat. That's what oh, my belly please, is. Please. Lies. Everyone <laughs> lies. She's skinny. That, air. That's what. That's what I feel like. My belly is like. It does, it's not necessarily like that. So initially I was covering my belly with the scarf, but eventually when we're dancing and stuff, the scarf fell off somehow. I was just like, you know what, let it all hang loose. But as both of you had said earlier on, it's an ongoing journey. It's a cycle of love myself, I'm okay, then oh crap, oh no, oh yes, oh no. And also the other problem I had, and I think I spoke to Crystal about it, was a couple of years ago, I had an is- issues with my thyroid gland and I have had slash have hypothyroidism. And one of the symptoms is sudden weight gain. I gained five kilos in a week. And I remember that day I sat on the floor in my bedroom. I'm like, what the hell? These five kilos have to go. To be honest, the five kilos have not gone since for the last three years or two years three years but I guess for me is that it's a it's an ongoing thing some days I love myself some days I'm like oh no but the best part is I think I love food too much I don't starve myself but there's the negative self-talk that oh you're so fat your belly you're so fat you're so fat but what can I do yeah. yeah. Thank and, you oh, for sharing. No, one, sorry, one last thing as well that I was going to say is while we all say seek professional help, sometimes you have to think about what's best for you. Because when I went to my GP and I was complaining about the weight gain, she prescribed those fat um, um, absorbing pills. Those things are terrible. They made me feel so sick. And after a while, I just thought about it. I was like, no GP should actually have prescribed this to anybody because it just promotes the that self-hating thing. Because if I was 200 kilos, then she would have been like, yes, that's a good, way, good thing to prescribe. Personally, I don't think I'm fat enough for her to have given me those pills, but she did. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of medical professionals who aren't into the diet world they do a lo- they do a lot of harm. Very yeah. good. Yeah, 
they they see a fat person and they just say listen you're overweight go and lose weight and this is what people have said and I remember this happened last year I had to go in for a procedure and it was private and I was made to weigh myself I usually don't weigh myself and the doctor said oh you're overweight we need to check this and this and they charged me 250 pounds to check my BP I'm 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 very active I work out five days a week. Usually I used to run at that time. I was even more active than I am now. And so, yes, of course, you're not going to find anything. But it just made me angry because if I was skinny, they wouldn't have done that to me. So there's a lot of discrimination um, against people who they perceive as overweight. And I'm not even in the obesity um, group, I, I don't think. So that was just weird to me. And a lot of people say that. Um, so Keisha, I, I'm actually interested to hear your um, views on this because I remember when we did that episode on comparison and something, you mentioned that when we talk about body dysmorphia, you're actually the opposite. So I was really keen to understand how you got there, if there was a time when that wasn't the case and all of that. So please. Um, looking so for that. me, when I was young, I, I've never been a skinny person. I was always chubby and I'm not tall. Um, and I, but I'm sort of in proportion. So because my head is small, upper body is small, bottom is big, but it's sort of, I'm in proportion. So my weight sort of moves. Very big. <laughs> my weight moves in line with my body in and out. And I, I, I've been teased about it, but always very fondly. I don't think I've ever been teased in a mean way so I never actually had any negative connotations with it until I moved to the UK where it now became a thing to be big and I went on an extremely restrictive diet to lose weight and in my experience when I was on that diet I did have that very smug feeling when I lost the weight that oh you know how are people so fat like you know, people must be eating too much, blah, 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 blah. Um, very cocky about it. Obviously, I gained all the weight back, which you do with all diets if it's not a lifestyle change. Um, and I think it was at the point where I was trying to maintain that weight, going crazy because of it, because maintaining weight means you're always counting calories. You're always conscious of what you put in your mouth. You're always trying to balance exercise with food it just never leaves your head it just becomes a way of thinking a way of life and I think once I started gaining weight again and eating normally I reached a set weight that I'm actually quite happy with and when for me when I see myself because I'm happy with it um I I think I do I don't I no longer see the what other people see or what society sees in terms in the UK in terms of women being big I actually see myself and I'm like damn oh you're looking cute today mm, mm, thank you I love that. you know so I I, I think it's it's been a journey but my issue started when I moved into the UK I think living in Nigeria there is a good combination of big and small um so you won't you know you, you won't have guys not chasing you because you're big it's actually very much a preference it's very much a guy either likes their women this size or that size it's never the majority of the men like their women that size that's why you need to be that size or even the women judge you for being slimmer so I think um that's it's the UK that gave me that 
diet culture for the first time and it's really negative very negative so yes ladies i really appreciate your vulnerability and honesty about um diet culture and how it has affected you as black women i think the um diet culture is really hard for us because the bodies that are being uh, that we're being told are healthy are actually not always our type of body our bodies are totally different from um, a white woman's body or some white people's body where it's like they want it to be skinny and whatever but um that's a whole other topic there's a lot of um talk about diet culture being um influenced by patriarchy white supremacy and all that but i think i'm gonna leave that for um carissa from beauty unlocked to talk about because that's a whole other minefield um so i'm gonna move on to fat phobia sorry before you move on to fat phobia just one thing i wanted to say i'm sure you guys are aware i remember a few months ago the uk government passed a law and it mandated restaurants to publish the calorie counts in the food on their menu some people were like yeah this is really good but even for me that I'm not even counting calories or anything it's such a terrible thing and I can only imagine people that are struggling with all sorts of different things or you're just having a shit day terrible day and you go into a place and you're like oh yeah can I have the burger and it's a thousand calories you'd be like miss me with that that's my whole day's calorie thing whether we'd like it or not so I think that it was a step backwards I don't yeah. know what you guys think yeah yeah definitely that annoyed that annoyed me yeah, I, I think didn't I like posted that. something on my private I just want to put another view on the table I, I think the only perspective I think is knowledge is power because I think a lot of companies pretend that certain foods are healthy but they are not they say some things are certain things and they are not. And having to publish the calorie count in one respect gives people awareness of what they are buying and what they are eating. That, that, that for me is the one benefit I see of there being visibility about it. Because when you think about it, you go to the supermarket, you can see the calories of everything you're buying anyway. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good thing because, yes, on one bit, yeah, you hold companies accountable, but for a great number of girls and especially women, female people, it's where all be. I think a great number of people appreciate it because I like to know what I'm eating. So I think having that traffic light yeah, but, makes it easy. But yes, for you, for you and well, yeah, for you and everybody that doesn't have or struggle with an eating disorder, whether exactly. we like it or not, most kids, many more, the prop, I feel like the proportion of kids or younger people that have this eating disorders right now is way higher than when we were kids. And it's probably because of social media and all of the unrealistic body standards right now that you can see across all social media, across all social media platforms so my thoughts are it should be yes you publish it but you give the consumers a right to see or not see it 
But then now, in the public domain, I don't, I don't know how it should be done. To be honest, I, to be honest, personally, I don't think they should have made them publish the calorie counts. Because even for me, on a good day, some days you're like, oh, I'm gonna have a burger and a milkshake. And by the time you look at that, it's like two thousand calories, whether I like it or not. Somewhere in my head, the one thing I, the one thing I want to, no, but no, let me finish is wearing somewhere in your head you've been told every single day that the calorie count the maximum calorie count for women to be between 1800 and 2000 and here you are having a meal in a restaurant and that is your whole calorie count for that day and you're like what the hell whether you whether you're in a good place or not i feel like for someone like me and certainly many other people it's some sort of trigger whether whether we can get past it or not, I don't know. And of course, government rules and um, regulations will not always favor, will not suit everyone. But in this case, I feel like for those that are triggered by eating disorders and calorie counting, this is a step backwards for them. I, I wanted to add that I, I, I agree with what you're saying but I don't think that because of that we should hide information from people I think there are probably other ways to help people who are triggered by this information but I think the majority of people need to know what they're eating especially because the food industry has changed so much over time that they've consistently continued adding sugar additive and etc these things have been passed through the FDA so as Everybody needs to have that information. I mean, even me, if I see something that, okay, I thought it was an ice cream, um, I'm expecting it to be 400 calories, but I'm seeing it at 1,000. I will make better decisions because I know there are other places and other restaurants that will sell that ice cream for four to 600 calories. So why am I buying it for 1,000 calories when I know it's ice cream I want to eat? You know, so it, it allows me to make better decisions. But yes. I do understand how it can trigger some people, but I think that having that information is really important. Yeah, and having it in the public spaces is very important. Okay, yeah, ladies, I'm sorry, but, but I'm gonna have to move us on. I'm sorry. Okay, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> it's because we just we're only at question one. So um, let's look briefly at how much the diet culture is worth. In the US, the weight loss and weight management diet market size was valued at 192.2 billion in 2019 and is projected to reach 295.3 billion by 2027. In the UK, the diet industry is worth an estimated 2 billion a year. So we need to understand that somebody out there is making a whole lot of money from a lot of um, our body dysmorphia, our insecurities. Um, and now I want to move us on to fat phobia. What is fat phobia? Fat phobia is the hatred of fat bodies. Fat phobia is the fear of fat bodies that encompasses a whole bunch of things, namely weight bias, weight stigma, such as the idea we see people of higher body weight as lazy, unintelligent, or disgusting. Fat phobia perpetuates the negative stereotypes that can lead to discrimination against people who have higher body weight, which we, meant, which we mentioned um, before about how some um, people in the medical, um, whatever, how they sometimes just see a fat person and just say, oh yeah, you're fat, go and lose weight. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes fat phobia can be less insidious. It could be an auntie or your mom telling you, 
oh, you've put on weight. Oh, your cheeks are a little bit big. Um, but those little things, or it could be someone complimenting, oh, oh, things like that. So sometimes it's less insidious and we just don't notice it. So um, my question is, have you ever experienced fat phobia or ever seen anyone else experience fat phobia? And how have you handled it? Or how have you um, spoken or have you ever spoken up for someone who's experiencing fat phobia? And I'll go, well, um, you had a question? No, yeah. no, I was ready to answer your question. Oh, okay, okay. I've, I, I, again, I say it, I experienced fat phobia in the UK for the first time. In Nigeria, fat phobia is very affectionate. Um, they'll call you um, bouncing or you are rolling or, you know, it's very affectionate. It's never negative. But in the UK, we, you go and see the NHS about a chest, your chest is hurting you and they'll be like, oh, it's about your weight. I think that's changed now. Um, I don't get that anymore, but I think in the early days in the UK, anything that was wrong with you was attributed to your weight. And back then they used to actually weigh you and put, you know, and put this on your records, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in the UK at work, I do feel that people look at you if you're overweight. I think that might've changed a bit now, but five to 10 years ago, if you were overweight, you, it, it opened less doors for you and people had the perception that you were lazy. It, it was never considered a medical issue. If you're, if, if you're eating, they'll be looking at you that, you know, in the, in the, as in how is she eating or like, are you not fat enough kind of thing? You, you feel the judgment is what I'm trying to say. Um, and I think it's just about trying to condition to yourself to understand that it's about them and not you and their perceptions are more of the reality of the experiences they've had with food, or maybe their lack of understanding that some people are just actually bigger, which I think people are beginning to realize is the, the fact that people do have different sizes, metabolisms. Some people don't need to exercise while some people need to exercise more. I think people are only recently beginning to understand the fact that there is science and logic behind why some people are always naturally bigger than others. Um, Ruby? Um, so this is an interesting one because I don't, because I think growing up I was fairly slim. I don't think I've ever experienced um, any kind of situations like what you described, Crystal. I, I do remember the period when I put on a lot of weight and I was stressed out and all of that. And I remember I went to see my sister and she hadn't seen me in a while. And she said, oh, look who's chubby today. And that really annoyed me and upset me. And she couldn't understand why. She's like, I'm just teasing now. I said, no, 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 no. That is, that is a really bad thing to say to somebody because you, you might be saying it in an affectionate way, but basically you're, you're kind of fat shaming me. Um, and so... I call it out there. And so to, to Keisha's point about in Nigeria, it's, it's said affectionately. I don't think it is always said affectionately. Yes, thank I you. Think, I think there are situations where, um, I remember when I worked in Lagos and I was very slim, a lot of the older women or men would make comments um, and not in a nice way. 
about it. So, and I, and I think the same applies when some people are bigger. I don't, I don't think it's always done affectionately. Um, but anyway, that the incident with my sister really bothered me. And I think after that, I was much more tuned to when people make comments and statements and how I saw other people that were bigger and what I thought about it. I think society's kind of ideas of beauty and health have been warped by what we see in movies and magazines and articles. So you really have to be conscious about what, what, what I had to be really conscious about, what I assumed was healthy, because it's not necessarily a size six or a size zero, depending on where you're from. And it's not necessarily tall, skinny, blah, blah, blah. I'll give you an instance that I was talking to my, bo my boss about just yesterday. She's German. She's six foot. I can't remember. Six foot one. She's slim, you know, athletic. And so you would automatically assume that she's healthy. She's fit. Has got no problems. It couldn't be further from the truth. And she's really battling with high metabolism um, as well. So for me, it was kind of like, I think to a point that Keisha made that it's not just about physically how you look. Um, that means you're healthy or you're not healthy. Um, and so th that made me even more conscious. I do want to stress though that there are situations where, and I think this is why we live in a kind of this nanny state with the health service where there's increase in heart disease, there's an increase in heart attacks, much younger people, there's higher levels of cholesterol, there's higher levels of inactivity that I think has gingered the NHS to be even more aware and conscious of health, um, of weight, sorry, but the two are not the same. Weight and health, we need to separate because even if you are slim, you can still have high cholesterol, heart disease, and all of that stuff. So it, it's not necessarily a weight thing. And for me, that was such a big, a big unlock. And I think a lot of us in society are still equating weight with health. Rashido? Well, so for me, um, when I was a kid, I loved food. I'm not sure if I ever told the story. I think when I was five, I almost got abducted by a stranger because I followed her <laughs> to a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> she could have been called yeah. another name by now she'd be called Taniqua or something so I followed somebody to a restaurant to eat because I was just a greedy child I just loved food and my parents were looking for me in school and they just didn't find me but somebody found me and took me back to school and the first thing my dad said was you're so greedy you eat too much but that didn't stop me from eating because as a kid I just I'd eat anything my sister was thick thing and I was just round so of course I had different names like round ball fatty and as Keisha said initially they were affectionate but they were not because at the time I then became really skinny I was like I'm never going to go back to being called the fatty or round ball because everybody was like oh you're so skinny now you're so beautiful now you're so skinny so all of those all of those little quote-unquote affectionate oh round ball fatty were not affectionate because somewhere along the line when I became skinny I started getting more compliments and I didn't want the compliments to stop 
Then also the second part of this very quickly is with Nigerian aunties, they assume and believe that why are you so fat or you've put on weight is a, um, an acceptable way to greet people or say hello. And I've had to teach my mom and say, mom, even if this person is 10 times the previous size, don't comment on the weight. And I had to tell her over and over and over again. So now she no longer comments about people's weights because aunties, Nigerian aunties, I'm sure you all had it like, ah, oh, you put on weight all, or you be chubby, or look at your bum, look at your belly and look at your cheeks. But those things sometimes, they may think they're coming from an affectionate place, but they might just hit the person at a date, time and place that is so terrible and it just could send you down this spiral. Yep. And sorry, can I just on say, the you just, back of that? Sorry, sorry, because I just wanted to say something really quickly because Rashida reminded me of an instance when I went back to Lagos after I think 10 years and I went to my old office. And one of the, the uh, secretaries saw me and the first thing she said was, you've put on so much weight. The look on my face when she said that, because it's not like I had gone from five to 50. And even if I had, what's her business? Is that how you talk to somebody? I was so mad. I was just like, why is that your business? Why are you telling me that? And she just couldn't understand it. She just couldn't get it. So to your point. Yeah, and it's a thing. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, um, Crystal is on the other hand, I, I need something I have to work on when people say, oh, Rashida, you've lost weight. I'm not sure if that should be a compliment or not, but to be honest, that makes me happy. I'm like, yes, I'm skinny. But hey, anyway, done. Yeah, so um, um, we have, Rashida and I have an aunt in common. And I remember we went to see her. She was even sick at the time and she commented on my weight. And for a whole year, I only ate, it triggered me because I have this problem, right? And for a whole year, I only ate one meal a day. And she, she does it all the time. And she even did it to her daughter when her daughter was younger, that her daughter also stopped eating and fainted in school. And I feel like we need to start educating those aunties and telling them that listen this is not an acceptable way of talking to people because I can tell you now that she did not say it in a way that was endearing or say it to me to make me feel good about myself no way and I can see the effect of diet culture on her daughter as well I can see it sometimes when I say things she'll be like oh 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 and so we need to be careful. And my mom does the same. My mom recently told me, I was saying to my mom, oh, this, this. And she's like, huh, you know, you've put on weight. I was like, yes, mom. Yes, I have put on weight, but I don't need you to tell me. I'm practicing body positivity. And she's like, okay, okay. So this is how I'm trying to combat fat phobia. And I just want to mention a few tips that were given. And this is from the good housekeeping on how we can combat fat phobia. I know one, one of them. Yes. Slap them when they say you put on weight. Just <laughs> and by the time you slap two aunties, they'll hear, oh um, Rashida is a slapper. So. You mean, you I don't get prison? offended when people tell if it's 
if it's my auntie or family member telling me they uh, gained weight, I never get offended by it because I genuinely think it's coming from a new place, um, a it, place of love. It's not. Maybe from your family. From my family, it's not. It's a place oh, of judgment. Your family. It's exactly. a place of judgment. And, place of judgment. And, and even if it's coming from a place of love, for many people, it hits them in places of insecurity. It triggered me. My, my thing is, why do you have to comment on what has that got to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> Kilonish, what has it got to do with anything? You're here to see me. Why are you talking about... But for me, I might not know I've gained weight. So if somebody... I don't need you to tell me. I don't me. need anyone to tell me I've gained weight. I do not need anyone it, to tell if, me. It's, it's, it's as if it is all right to make a personal comment about you. Why? It's not all right to make a personal comment about you. It's not their business. You know, it's not as if I have um, something in my teeth. Then Yes, tell me I've got something in my teeth. About my personal body... I don't need you to tell me that. It's not your place. And I think we've lost this idea of body privacy. It's my personal space. It's my body. I don't need you or anybody to tell me anything about that. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll need to, I'm probably going to be one of those aunties. So I guess I'll need to remember please, that. Please don't be one of those aunties. Because the effect it has. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Kisha, but the effect it has, I mean, you just heard three stories. When my, my sister said this to me, she probably in her head was thinking, I'm being affectionate. Yeah. It affected me for months. That one comment, month it affected me. You know, it, it was the reason why, I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody. I went and booked an appointment and I, did, I had a liposuction. No. Oh, wow. It affected me that badly because I really felt like I am a, I'm an ugly blob. No yeah, way, you're so there you go. You are beautiful. You have an uh, yeah. You're beautiful. But you know what I mean. How yeah. You know somebody close to you. Yeah. I'm tearing up now. Somebody close to you tells you something, and it mm-hmm. affects how you see yourself. Yeah. It is. It is not. It is not good. No. no so I will never say to anybody, "You're chubby." Kilok, what's my business? Yeah. Sorry. In yeah. fact, um, moving on to the ways to combat. Um, fat phobia Aww. one of the things yeah it's 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 a it's an emotional thing yeah one of the things that um has been mentioned is don't comment on people's bodies positively or negatively just and that's one thing i'm learning to do like even if you've lost weight you know sometimes even you tell someone oh my god you've lost so much weight no because sometimes it might just trigger that person to lose even more weight. And then, oh, you've put on so much weight. Even, and what this thing is saying is that even an, in, even an intended compliment mm. can pet- perpetrate the idea that being in a bigger body is bad and maybe hurtful to people in larger bodies. So imagine you're saying to one person, hey, you've lost so much weight, but there's someone there who has, and this has happened to me, I have to confess. When sometimes when people get complimented, oh, you've lost so much weight, mm. I'm like, oh my God, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight too. I need to lose weight so I can look like this person. And it's just me. I like, I definitely have a problem. I know I know, and I know I do. But let's let's stop complimenting people's bodies. Let's start saying, oh, you look nice, you look lovely, but let's leave our bodies out of it. And also. One of the things is keep your unsolicited health advice to yourself, please. 
speak up if you can. If you see someone who um, is being a victim of fat phobia or like maybe your cousin or your friend, just try to speak up and like Rashida is trying to and educate our parents and our aunties that you can't you don't have to comment on everyone everybody um, body and then audit your life because you may not even know it but you might have internalized fat phobia yourself and it's making you feel bad about yourself I I probably do because I feel bad about myself often I'm on a journey so some days it's good some days it's bad so I definitely have internalized fat phobia yes um Rashida also another thing I've realized helps is um um changing your internal monologue and I think I've said it to you before is if you had a friend that spoke to you the way you speak to yourself internally that person will not be your friend mm-hmm. and also I learned this from my therapist a long time ago because sometimes you look at yourself in the mirror and I still do it I'm like oh god you're so fat but he said yes you might not like what you see in the mirror but you have to change what what you say to yourself so instead of saying oh god why am I so fat or why am I so ugly is I accept that I might not look the way I want to look today but that's okay so you kind of have to change that internal thing because sometimes when you talk negative to yourself for so long you just go into this ball of negativity and instead of dieting you just eat a tub of ice cream and McDonald's and stuff I just sent you further down so Yes, so that's what I've been doing, changing my internal monologue. Well, yesterday, you should have seen how I was talking to myself because of the crop top I was wearing. I was like, oh, look at my belly hanging out so fat. But I just kept on saying, well, my belly's not as fat, flat as I want it to be. And also, there are lots of other people here with the same kind of bellies as me, so that's fine. But it took a lot yesterday. Thank you. Um, so the other one, I think this is, an important one drop the diet talk so much of our everyday bonding chatter involves food weight diet trends and the like which contributes to the diet culture mentality so at work sometimes I used to do this I used to do diet competition at work now I look back I'm like what the hell um and now when people are talking about diets, I just, I try my best to stay out of the conversations because I just don't want to be triggered. And sometimes people are talking about their weight loss or they're like, oh, I'm not going to eat this at dinner because I'm on a diet. Mm-hmm. I just try to just, I'm like, nah, I'm not doing that. So those are some of the ways um, we can combat fat phobia. Uh, oh, there's one more, sorry. Um that one this one is don't assume that fat people are filled thin people your body size your body is the size that it's supposed to be it's not a deviation from fatness is not a deviation from a natural and normal state there have always been fat people there will always be fat people well that's a fair point nice yeah that's really that's well a fair said. point really yeah well said. yeah and, I, and I, that to me, I guess maybe I'm a bit more lather fair about this topic than you guys, because I've just always felt that pe- some people are just bigger than others as a standard. And I've always felt that every, in, in terms of relationships, everybody has their target market. There are guys who want bigger girls. There are, are women who like, you know, 
bigger men. You, you know the jokes about cuffing season where, you know, everyone's looking for a chubby guy to hold them tight. I, I just always felt that everyone has a target market. But I've always also conceded that I do realize that because of media and society, you know, thin is in. But the one thing I felt when I lost weight and I, I lost so much weight and I was slim for at least three to five years was I really felt invisible. And I think that's the thing I didn't like about it. By being slim, I literally looked like everybody else. And that the only way to change that was to change the way I dress. But being a big girl, I'm always noticed. And I think maybe the vanity me likes that a little bit. I mean, I can, you know, I can play around with shapes. I can always be seen and I think for me that's why I'm not so bothered of my weight and I actually do like it I think like you've probably got more of a healthier approach to your body and your weight and I don't know how you got there which is why I asked you that question like you said if there's an opposite of body dysmorphia you've got it but a lot of women, a lot, so many women are not there. And so many women are struggling. And as you can tell, me, Rashida and Ribby are some of those women. And I look at you girls, I think you're so beautiful. Like, and I feel like you shouldn't be struggling, but here we are, nobody, apart from the few, the few in which um, Keisha is one of them, not a lot of people, love their bodies or, or always trying to improve it or do something to it and social media is definitely not helping because the kind of bodies the kind of beauty standards that social media shows us is unattainable mm. and people keep going to attain them people keep getting um surgeries bomb bomb bombs boobs and nobody's body even seems real like and some people lie even a lot of people lie so you'll be looking at someone and admiring their body and they're like oh I'm exercising every day actually they've gone and done something to their body so you're trying to look like this person but you can't because their body actually isn't real hmm. yes Rashida so I think that thoughts just occurred to me in the like 80s or 90s I think women even if you had the unrealistic um or the bad um, health, the bad diet practices, you are more likely to achieve that skinny thin body than today because people are now trying to become thick fit or thick, slim thick, but you can't even achieve slim thick without surgery. So now it just spirals people even into a worse or bigger, deeper, darker diet hole. Yeah. Is that a fair thought? Yeah, I think it is. And I think yeah. slim slim thick is a pervasion of everything that a, a black woman encompasses like a big black woman it's like taking Keisha's bomb but not taking her full body and sticking it on a skinny girl so you're taking all the all what you consider actually the good part of a black woman's body and putting it on a skinny white woman's body that's how I see it anyways but moving on um, I sent you a video, and this is an example of fat phobia in dating. And I'm not going to lie, when I watched that video, I cried. Because I was like, why are people so nasty? So basically, what, what I think is that not enough um, 
the social media, mainstream media, reality TV shows, magazines do not show enough fat people being in relationships. Mm -hmm. So people tend to think that fat people are sad and lonely and nobody wants to date them or they date the ugly and most unattractive people. And so when people actually see a bigger woman or a bigger guy with a hot person, they just think straight away that, oh, there must be a reason why this person is with this person and it's not because they actually love them. So um, you guys, I sent you that video. Um, it was sent to me by Rashida, actually. Um, what did you think of it, um, Ruby? So I actually, I actually really took a positive spin because I love how bold and I don't give a shit that lady was. And I was looking at some of those comments that she was making in response to those nasty trolls and she was giving it back to them. She did not, you know, her confidence was high, her, you know, and all of that. And I just love that. I love that she was like, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to be sad about it. I'm going to fire them back and respond. You know, I remember one of the comments was, this is, this looks fake. And she's like, it's not fake, but okay. Or <laughs> someone says that this doesn't add up and she goes, get a better math tutor or something like that. I just love those kind of responses and how she just speaks her truth and she's living her best life. And I just found that really, I mean, it, it's obviously quite annoying that she's got to have to defend her relationship, which other people have posted and nobody has said anything about. And she has to defend it. But I love her attitude in how she defended it. I love how she, she just stood up for herself and was just like, you know, guys, if you guys don't know, this is real and all of that. I really liked how she just handled it with so much elegance and class and truth. Um, I just love that about how she took it. That's what I, that's what I saw. Good. I just thought, for me, I just thought like, why is it that when you see a fat person with a what you consider a healthy a fit person why is that bothering you and i've seen that around a lot there's another girl too who got into a relationship um a black girl she got into a she's a fat girl she's um happily fat she's an influencer she's one of the body, body positivity ambassadors and um she got a boyfriend and she'd been like dating for a long time and she got a boyfriend and people were like, people weren't following her. <laughs> they weren't following her. Yeah, that's how much the beef was. Like, you've got a boyfriend. And she was like... Social media is so weird. I heard about that story. She's in the... Yeah. Is she a podcaster? Um, I'm not sure if she's a podcaster, but she's a body positivity influencer. Yeah. I think her name is so uh, Sophie or something like that. She's Ghanaian. Yeah, I had to... It might be a different girl, but I had to of a podcaster who there were a group of four girls that were podcasting and one of them was slightly bigger than the others and then I think one was married one had a boyfriend and then she finally got a boyfriend and apparently it was after like many years of not having one and she was so proud to have the boyfriend and everything and then people started on following the podcast because apparently she was talking too much about the boyfriend that they felt she was one of us or something and I thought yeah, that was that was that as well thought you know that was really weird but it just goes to show you that this social media thing people follow what they want to follow and aside associate image to things they want to associate images with which goes back to what i was saying was it's not about you it's about them they're projecting their own 
issues onto somebody else. And really, I don't understand what that's, that's really not our problem. <laughs> like, there are some crazy people out there. Okay, um, Rashida, what were your thoughts on the video? You sent it. Yes, I saw, saw it and I was just like, this just brings out the scum of social media. Even if they were both skinny, these scum will still show their faces. But it was extra terrible, in my opinion, because they just thought she wasn't worthy of such a fit man just because she was not as fit as he was. And I was just like, you know what? If I were her, I don't think I would spend any time defending or fighting off the trolls. You just watch them be stupid and just walk away. But mm. I can. But the last thing I'll say is, I want. I mean, when she made this video, she was in a good, happy place. Imagine if she was depressed or unhappy about something, and then you open up your Instagram and you see thousands of hate messages. That would surely hit you somewhere bad one day, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I'm glad she's she's a positive and happy woman. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. For me, I just feel like we're not seeing enough of that fat love, if you want to call it, if for lack of a better word. And so when people see it, they're like, oh, so fat people actually can find someone. But that's my thought. Yeah. But think about it, even like stuff like um, reality TV, movies and blah, blah, blah. The plus size, quote unquote, they put on will be a size 12. Many, most times, <laughs> I think it's changing now. But for most of it, you never, ever really see a really, really fat person on telly. Never. Yeah. Long Island, is there anybody that is not a size 10 or 8 on Long never, Island? Never, ever. Never, no. ever. I haven't seen it, which is why I don't no. watch it, because I don't think it's real. Yeah, even the ones we love, like Love is Blind, we saw we saw fat phobia coming out in this season with the with the men saying, Oh, I want a skinny. Yeah, we saw that. And this yeah, is supposed guy. to be Love is Blind. Yeah. Love is blind is what it's called. So if you're <laughs> so yeah, so even the, I don't think there's enough of that. And it just shows how society does not rate um fat people. But anyway, moving on to rapid fire. So, um, ladies, thank you so much for your vulnerability, for your comments, for your honesty. Um, I think this is a really important topic because it affects women, it affects us, and we all know. Um, so, after we've had this whole conversation, I just wondered, what is one thing that you're going to do in your life and as a commitment to combat diet culture and fat phobia? Um, I'm going to ask um, Keisha first. Uh, I think for me, have a positive attitude. Think more about your health than about dieting or restricting. Think more about long-term health changes and how they make you feel as a person, you know. Um, and I think that's the best way to approach it. Yeah, Rashida? Um, 
personally for myself is work on my internal monologue because if my internal monologue on days I don't feel as beautiful or as confident as I want to if my internal monologue is negative then I'm more likely to be like oh I'm going to skip meals or I'm going to exercise and I'm going to do blah 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 but as long as my internal self says you know what you're beautiful and your belly is beautiful as you can see I keep talking about my belly but yeah that's what I'll change. See how I kept it rap. I kept it rapid. Thank you, <laughs> Ruby. <laughs> uh, I think for me is um, for myself is focusing more on a healthy lifestyle um, and a healthy mindset more than weight or body shape for myself. Um, and then if I do see friends, colleagues displaying um, any kind of bias when it comes to weight is just to have that conversation. Thank you. For me personally, I think it's to um, be patient with myself and understand that it's a journey and in every journey there are ups and downs. And just to be patient, because I can't tell you that I don't practice diet culture. That would be a lie. Um, or I'm not restricting my diet currently. That would be a lie. So it's just patience and understanding why. Maybe I need to go to therapy. I don't know. But to, um, to other people, I think I one of the things that I'm really trying to do is not compliment people about their bodies so never being the one to say oh you've lost so much weight or oh you've put on weight which I would never do and also not to get involved in um, conversations about diets that's that's my commitment um so thank you everyone for listening to our podcast today um if you're affected I'm, I'm afraid I I've been really bad I didn't um get any links to um, help groups or anything so I'll try and do that next time but if you're affected by um, diet culture please go and get help and um, none of the things we're not health professionals so none of the things we've said here are facts or anything um, but I would love to end with a quote from Good Housekeeping where is where um, I did most of my research and this quote goes diet culture and fat phobia is a form of oppression and dismantling it is essential for creating a world, a world that's just peaceful for people in all bodies. And that is a wrap. Thank you, ladies. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Talking Single podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'd love to hear from you. So please follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter with the handle at Talking Single Podcast. You can also send us comments or questions with the hashtag at Talking Single Podcast. We are downloadable on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and of course, share with your family and friends. Take care and see you next week. Same time, same place.